How's it going, everybody? This is MMA Math with your host, Cole Henry. I am your co-host, Pat the Dog Shaheen. How's it going, Cole? Pretty good. We have a lot to go over today, so let's uh, get started. Dive right on in. We're going to start with, uh, we're going to go over the uh, fights from this past weekend, then we're going to go uh, over some news from the week, and then we'll break down UFC 232 and uh, we'll see what happens from there. Anyway, first things first, uh, UFC Fox 31, the uh, final event for the UFC on Fox. You watched it. What did you uh, think about well, Let's start with the undercard. What did you think about the undercard? Really good fights on the undercard. Uh, most entertaining fight, maybe even of the night, probably was Jakar Close and <clears throat> Bobby Green. Good fight. I, I thought they got the decision wrong, but those two guys went to war, and that was really interesting to see. I think Jakar Close is evolving as a fighter and Bobby Green just brings what he always brings to the octagon yeah it's uh always good to see your car close progressing looking at the uh UFC fight pass portion of the card we had Juan Adams with his official UFC debut he was a participant on UFC or on Dana White's uh Tuesday night contender series he picked up a TKO win Juan Adams yeah he has the uh oh man that guy was scary yeah yeah, he's, uh, I think he might be out massive. of Houston. I can't remember. He's I definitely believe, massive. I believe yeah. he's out of Texas. I think Houston. Uh, further up on the preliminary card, we had uh, Jack Hermanson get a pretty slick submission win over Gerald Mearshart. How'd that go? It was uh, pretty dominant. I think, if I remember correctly, Mearshart shot him for a takedown early. Hermanson um, sprawled, pretty much took top control, and never gave it up. And... Um, Let's see, from there, I guess onto the main card. What do you think about the main card? <clears throat> I hate seeing Jim Miller lose. Charles Alvarez, maybe, maybe the best submission artist in the lightweight division. I think he's definitely in top 10 in the UFC. Rob Font, too big for Sergio. Sad to see. A lot of guys like Sergio, who were. The right size for 125 are going to find a lot of trouble at 135. Edson Barbosa kind of ruined the Paul Felder hype train. I think he might have slowed the Dan Hooker hype train. What did you think of those three fights before we get on to the main event? For starters, uh, it is interesting with the Oliveira Miller fight because it. Uh, was a rematch. So you were able to look back, I think it was roughly eight years ago, and see... Uh, eight years. Yeah, and in that fight, Jim Miller won pretty easily, submitted Oliveira in the first round. That was Charles Oliveira's first career loss. And uh, since then, you know, obviously a lot's changed. Jim Miller is a lot older now. And uh, Oliveira really beat Miller as handily as Miller beat you know, Oliveira the first round, or the first fight. So that was... Uh, uh, you know, it's unfortunate, especially if you're a Jim Miller fan, but he's probably reached that point where, uh, I don't know, you never know what's next for a guy like that. Um, Font and Pettis, I pretty much agree. It's unfortunate. Pettis is the number two f flyweight in the world, but he, uh, I don't know, he, he looked like an average bantamweight. He doesn't have a division anymore. Yeah, and that's unfortunate, and that was the problem for a lot of bantamweights before they added flyweight. And it, it's unfortunate they that they won't keep the division around just for... Uh, you know, I understand that it doesn't make money, but those guys should still have an opportunity to fight. There are a few divisions that aren't making much money these days. Yeah. Um, Barboza and Hooker, it was what, is, what it was. 
it was really it one-sided. Yeah, it sucked. I, I I'm a big Edson Barbosa fan, but I don't know Dan Dan's Israel's guy. Israel's my guy. I, I want to see him, but Edson's just elite. It just seems like uh, when you're fighting Edson Barboza, if you can't, I guess, take him down and tire him out. You know, you look at his last two losses. They were to Khabib and then Kevin Lee. And both of those guys were able to, you know, neutralize his striking with their grappling. And um, He didn't look good in either of those fights. Yeah. If you're going to stand and trade with Edson Barboza, who would you like to see Edson Barboza fight next? Uh, you know, I just wrote an article. Ah, I remember. I picked Charles Oliveira. I think that'd be an interesting fight because you've got uh, you got Barboza, who's definitely going to want to keep that fight on the feet, and you've got Oliveira, who's going to want to take that fight to the ground. They've both been mainstays of the UFC for a long time, and uh, as Oliveira's reached that point where he's he's had so many wins, but he hasn't fought a lot of yeah, um, like top five talent, I guess. I, I, I don't know. And I guess a fight with Barboza would be interesting <clears throat> for both of those guys. Imagine the just massacre that Barbosa and Gaethje would be. I don't know who wins that fight. I'm not predicting that fight. I don't, I'm, but that would that would be that would be something to see. That would be something to see. And it, uh, I might be more likely than Oliveira and Barbosa. I don't right. know though. We'll see. All right, fight of the night. One of the main event. Ally Quinta and Kevin Lee. What uh, for starters? What did you think about the decision? They got it right. They got it right. Uh, I don't know exactly what rounds were given to Al, but I saw him winning the first, fourth, and fifth. The fourth and fifth weren't close. You can make an argument for the fifth maybe being a 10-8 round. What do you think about the decision? Mm, I thought they definitely got it right. I thought Iaquinta won the first, fourth, and fifth, and the second was... I guess the only clear round for Kevin Lee was probably... Round three. It's uh, unfortunate for him to be 0-2 against Ally Aquinta. And um, he's still young, but I, you just have to wonder if he... I know he's mentioned moving to welterweight, so you do have to wonder if that's something that he could consider doing next. It's just difficult to say. Uh, he seemed like he was primed to be um, a future star of the division, but at this point, I, I don't know. It's hard to say. What do you think about this fight? Break it down for me. Uh, round one. Uh, round one. Uh, if I remember correctly, it was. I guess most of the fight was contested on the feet, yes. except for the rounds where Lee, Kevin was able Lee to, won, and he would get the takedown, but not necessarily beat Iaquinta up too bad. If it was mostly just him struggling to get the takedown, if I remember correctly. Um, but um, I want to say Kevin Lee maybe outstruck Al Iaquinta that round. The but first round. That uh, percentage wise, Al was way more effective with his strikes and he didn't take as much damage as Kevin Lee. Yeah. Kevin Lee was active that round. It was cl- it was close. It was closer than 3, 4 or 5 were in either way. Yeah. Yeah. 4 and 5 were <clears throat> clear allied points. It, it does say something about Kevin Lee. He in the past, you know, I don't know that he would have been able to take some of those shots. He has had issues with his chin in the past, but he uh Seem to yeah, but he he stayed he on his feet. And, yeah, where do you see Ally Quinta in this division? Uh, uh, it's interesting because he has a loss to the champion just one fight ago, which normally you think would keep him from being in title consideration. But that fight was taken on 
really short notice. Two it was it was short. I don't remember what it was, but it was maybe a day or two. There were a line of one fifty fivers at that pay per view, yeah. wait, waiting for their name to get called. And he did arguably better than anybody's done. And um, I mean, I guess you know he probably won't get a title shot, but maybe you know I know he said he wanted to fight McGregor. I don't know if that'll happen. I think Ally Quinta's gaining a fan base. Oh yeah, I mean he's definitely fun to watch. He's... Kevin Lee has a fan base and Kevin Lee's a really good fighter and it's a bad matchup for him. We have a friend of ours who was adamant on Kevin Lee being the younger, better athlete and I said you can go watch their fight. It was almost this... <sighs> Kevin Lee was less effective in the first fight with his takedowns. Kevin Lee fought a good fight. It was a good fight. Yeah, yeah as, for, as far as for Ally Quinta, I think in my uh, article on MMA Torch, I specifically picked for him to fight uh, Nate Diaz. I just think they're from polar opposite areas of the country. Um, probably have a lot of good trash talking, and it'll probably be a really fun fight. You have two tough, durable guys, and uh, you know another win there would give Ally Quinta um, even more momentum. Anyway, overall thought on the card. I think it was a good card, and I think it was a great way for Fox to, uh, or for the UFC and Fox, for their relationship to end. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what's different, if anything, once the uh, UFC moves to ESPN at the new year. Great card. On to uh, Bellator. They had two events to the uh, Bellator 212 and 213. We're just going to go over some of the uh, notable main card fights. We'll start with Bellator 212. We had. Uh, Sam Cecilia beat Derek Campos by split decision. We had Juliana Vasquez, Velasquez defeat Alejandra Lara by decision. Then we had uh, AJ McKee defeat Daniel Crawford by submission. What uh, Did you see the McKee? I saw that choke about three times. They replayed it. Mm-hmm. on the. <laughs> we commented on that quite often. Um, slick. The kid's good. He's good. He's 13-0. What's interesting about him, he's, he's had 13 fights in Bellator. He's... 23 or 24 is young, and what's interesting is that they've, they've brought him up entirely Correctly. in Bellator, and he's kind of had the boxing um, approach, uh, I guess, uh, just in the sense that he's, he's fought a lot of fighters that, you know, they were solid, but he hasn't really fought any, any contenders, and, uh, you know, on paper, he's been the favorite probably in every matchup that he's had, but he's got a ton of experience now, so it'll definitely be interesting to see uh, where he goes from here and who they match him up with going forward. Um, co-main event uh, Javi Ayala and Frank Mir I did not see this you uh, told me that Frank Mir tapped to punches broke my heart let's go through it it was uh, the first round uh, Frank Mir uh, won it was a typical Frank Mir round and um, in the Are second you, round you talking trash about Frank Mir no no okay. believe me he's uh, <laughs> not at all There's some great Frank Mir he, there definitely are. But uh, anyway, he um, second round, he came out, he looked tired, and uh, Javier Yela uh, landed some solid shots on him and backed him up against the cage and uh, had some underhooks. And from there, he was landing just punches and elbows to the head and face of Frank Mir, and Mir lost his mouthpiece uh, probably midway through the second round. And uh, once he did, Yela landed a few more strikes, and Mir tapped out and... Um, Watching the fight on TV, it looked like he just maybe had his teeth knocked out, but I've seen since that he said that he, uh, I don't know, fractured, I think the roof of his mouth, something like that. I heard that. That that has to hurt. 
Yeah. That has to hurt. Yeah. Main event, Michael Chandler and Brent Primus. Okay, so I did not see this fight. Uh, what I did hear is that Michael Chandler called out your boy Khabib. What did you think of this fight? Uh, it was a good fight, but it was... Um, I think Brent Primus showed up and did more than maybe some people expected. But uh, Michael Chandler still won all five rounds. And, uh, you know, when he lost the title to Brent Primus, it was kind of a... Um, Kind of a, a weird injury that uh, led to the stoppage. So uh, you know my, things are right again in Michael Chandler's world, and uh, you know that's that for the Bellator lightweight division for a while. On the Bellator two thirteen, uh, we've got uh, some big fights on this card. We had Liam McGreary defeat Muhammad Lawal via punches in the uh, third round. McGreary, of course, is former light heavyweight champion of. Um, Bellator, he needed that win. He'd lost two straight. Um, on up the card, Naaman Gracie fought Ed Ruth in the uh, first round of the Bellator welterweight tournament. Ed Ruth uh, was undefeated coming into this fight, so it was Naaman Gracie at wrestling versus jiu-jitsu. Gracie prevailed there with a fourth round uh, rear naked choke. Uh, Co-main event of the night, we had Leota Machida's Bellator debut. He fought former Bellator middleweight champion Rafael Carvalho and won a super close split decision. What'd you think of it? It was, uh, I mean, I was watching it out of the corner of my eye because it was uh, some other stuff going on. And uh, from what I saw, it looked like Machida was losing. But like I said, I never, you know, I wasn't really paying attention. But um, did you think Bellator was going to let Leo to lose? <laughs> I don't know. What do you mean by that? What are you implying? Uh, I'm not implying anything. Great, gotcha. great. In the great main event, coming. we had, uh, I believe it's was it Lima Lay McFarlane. You'd know better than I. Defended her women's flyweight championship over former uh, UFC contender Valerie Letourneau. She, uh, McFarlane seems to have a pretty good grip on that division, and it seems like maybe a potential opponent for her could be Juliana Velasquez, who, of course, uh, competed at Bellator 212 and picked up a victory there. Um, anyway, so a lot of fights for Bellator. Um, the 212 was the salute to service Oh yeah. in Hawaii. I thought that was really cool. Very pro-military. Um, UFC needs to get to Hawaii. Put Max Holloway in there. Yeah. yeah. That needs to happen. Max Holloway in the main event. BJ Penn. No. Oh. Let's move on from there. There are a few more uh, Hawaiian fighters we could get for a co-main. You know BJ Penn fights this weekend? And I did not. And no, we'll, we'll talk no. about that later. Anyway, on to some um, some news. Let's touch a little bit on uh, Khabib, what he said to Kevin Lee following his loss at UFC Milwaukee. He uh, basically just told Lee to stay humble, told him that being humble is the key. And, uh, that was the exact tweet. Yeah, I, I know you're a, a pretty big Khabib guy. Uh, yeah. I'll let yeah. you talk about that. Uh, look, man, Kevin Lee wins that fight. He might have a claim for a title shot. There, there's just so many guys right now that have a claim to that title shot. Tony Ferguson obviously being the most deserving. Uh, that's a mess in itself. But with that loss, Kevin Lee, like you said earlier, that's a step back. Uh, for a guy who was pretty hot coming into this fight, Ally Quinn beat him fair and square, and mm-hmm. 
What do you What do you think about me telling your your boy Kevin Lee to chill out? Uh, it is what it is. I think that the clear contender here is Tony Ferguson, and uh, you know this may create some confusion as to who will fight for the belt after Ferguson. But uh, you know, I don't think Lee was the number one contender anyway. It's unfortunate for him, but uh, if Tony wins that belt, they're just gonna that division's gonna be in. It, it's a it's the best division in MMA. Yep. I, 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 it's hard to argue. It's not even top heavy. The top ten guys in the world are. Is Michael Chandler a top ten one fifty five er in the world? Uh I don't know. I, I know he did. You mentioned he called out Khabib after Bellator two twelve, but uh, I don't. Um, I don't know. It's one of those things. I mean, you know, I, this show is called MMA Math, so I guess I'll do some of that real quick. If you look at his record, he's got a lot of quality wins, but he also has some losses that um, he's got the loss to Eddie Alvarez, which nothing wrong with that. But then he's got um, a decision and a TKO stoppage loss to Will, uh, not Will Smith, to Will Brooks, which uh, Brooks went on to fight in the UFC and did not have a successful run there. He's been um, so-so in the PFL. It just, it, it doesn't mean a whole lot. Again, you know, he might go That's into That's mad, baby. Yeah, you know, I, mad, I had to at baby. least mention it. But um, you never know. Michael Chandler's looked really good lately, but he, he's really fought nobody, in my opinion, even close to Khabib. So, I mean, obviously it's just speculation, but uh, yeah, I guess that's what we're doing here. So, who knows? Anyway, on to uh, some more drama. We've got... The UFC reported a little while back that Nick Diaz would be returning for the first time shoot, since 2015 to fight uh, Jorge Masvidal at UFC 235. But um, today, Nick Diaz maybe poured a little bit of cold water on that rumor. Did you see anything about that? I, uh, I read the article. Nick Diaz needs to decide what he's doing. Uh, maybe Nick Diaz knows what he's doing. Maybe we're... The ones without any real light on the situation. Uh, if he wants to fight, it's, it's time to fight. Um, Diaz brothers are making money elsewhere right now. You know, with martial arts, they have gyms. Nick has a really nice gym. And Nate does uh, smoking weed for a living these days, which props to him. Yeah, you, know, you make money doing that. It uh, Yeah, it's disappointing, but I think people have always had a problem, or not a problem, but a hard time accepting the fact that the Diaz brothers maybe don't need fighting as much as some of the fans need them. And, um, you know, Nick Diaz hasn't fought in four years. If he's not begging for this fight, you know, money doesn't seem to be an issue. He does say he's running businesses. He, he's doing other things, but uh, that is a, a cool fight. You know, Nick Diaz has been known to... I don't know, work the mic a little bit. It's possible this fight still comes together and he's just trying to get more money. He kind of said that he felt he was being lowballed, so... Uh, he's guess... worth a lot. For Nick Diaz to show up, I'd imagine he'd ask a lot, and I think his name brings an audience. Yeah. Um. Let me just ask real quick. What did you uh, think of Nick Diaz's last appearance in the UFC against Anderson Silva? That was a interesting fight. That was a show, baby. He was doing a lot of dancing in that fight. Um, he was laying on the ground, telling Anderson to come in. It's just strange because that whole fight, as weird as it was, it you know it ended in a no contest. So it's like it, I don't know. But um, it's cool that the two of those guys fought. But it's been so long now. I don't really remember anything about the fight. The main thing I remember was just that 
Nick Diaz was he laid down, I think, at yes. one point. And uh, no, I think that was Anderson Silva's first fight back from the broken leg, maybe? Yes. Or, uh, and then he... It was before the first suspension? Yeah, I believe he okay. popped for that fight and um, was out for a while. Anyway, all right. On to uh, the upcoming card. UFC 232 is uh, December 29th with T-Mobile Arena in uh, Vegas. The last T-Mobile, the last UFC in the T-Mobile Arena. I believe we were there. Were we? Connor Khabib. If that was the last one there, then. I think it was. I think that could be wrong. Now you embarrassed us. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> when was the last one? Uh, you could be right. Anyway, um, on to UFC 232. Uh, a lot of stuff going on here. We've got, uh, I guess we'll start with the preliminary card. We'll just go over it and make a few predictions on some of the more notable fights. You've got the uh, UFC Fight Pass prelims. You've got Curtis Melinder and C.R. Bahadurzada. You've got two guys there who I uh, definitely prefer contesting um, their fights on the feet. Uh, Melinder's tall, uh, kind of a lankier, rangier fighter. Bahadur Zada's a little more compact. Uh, Bahadur Zada uh, doesn't fight a whole lot, but um, he will be back here. Then uh, further on up the card, you've got Uriah Hall returning to fight Bevan Lewis. Uh, Uriah Hall's just one of those guys. It's always interesting to see him on a card, but uh, I guess it's it's got to be disappointing for him that he's the second fight on the UFC preliminary fight pass prelims here. What do you think about that? I think I'll be watching it. Yeah, uh, definitely. If it means anything. Um, Uriah Hall's always a guy I cheer for because of his fighting style. You know, he's he's exciting. He's been known to uh, be in some pretty non-competitive fights. Not necessarily in his favor all the time. But Vaughn Lewis, I've seen him fight once or twice. I'll make a prediction here. I think this fight, I I just don't know enough about Lewis. I believe he was on the Tuesday Night Contender Series. I think I, he was. I'll probably go with Hall here just because of the experience factor. But um, it's hard to say. And When I think of Hall, he reminds me, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, but he's like a really good college athlete that didn't pan out in the pros and I just say that he was on Dana White's or sorry it was the ultimate fighter and he had those uh highlight real KOs just had so much hype coming into the UFC and it's just never really panned out for uh Uriah Hall anyway on up the card you've got uh Andre Ewell and Nathaniel Wood and then rounding out the fight pass portion of the card you've got Brian Kelleher and Montel Jackson on to the uh Fox Sports 1 portion of the card here it is. BJ Penn versus Ryan Hall. Let's uh, break it down real quick. We've got BJ Penn, former UFC lightweight and welterweight champion of the world, former um, featherweight competitor. He's competed all over the world. He's competed since at least the early 2000s. UFC legend, uh, Hall of Famer. Um, you picking him to win the fight? Or? I'm getting there. Black belt in jiu-jitsu. <laughs> Uh, versus Ryan Hall, Ryan Hall, um, you know, innovator. I don't know about the innovator, but big proponent of the 50-50 guard. He's uh, got a limited MMA experience, but uh, this is an interesting matchup here. You've got an aged BJ Penn who, uh, you know, has his background in jiu-jitsu against Ryan Hall with his. Um, 
as far as the prediction, um, I had a dream the other night that BJ Penn won this this fight, uh, first round KO, which first of all, the fact that I dream about these sorts of things says a lot about me. But uh, I think that's probably as close to that reality as we'll actually get. I think... Uh, if BJ Penn has an advantage in this fight, it is for sure on the feet. Yeah, he's definitely got the power. I, I think this fight will go... If you watch the Gray Maynard-Ryan um, Hall fight, I think this fight will go very similar. I think Hall will keep his distance, throw some kicks, keep BJ Penn away from him, and uh, <laughs> this fight will probably never touch the ground. I hope I'm wrong, but uh, I think Ryan Hall will win a fairly uneventful unanimous decision here. Um, on up the card, uh, this one's got some rankings implications, Douglas Silva, DeAndrage, and Peter Yan, and then, uh, we've got Kat Zingano and Megan Anderson, what do you think about that one? Good to see Kat fighting, uh, not too familiar with Megan Anderson, Kat Zingano, I think is probably a type, uh, top 10 female fighter in the world, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and pick cat there uh, i think um megan anderson's probably best known for her fight with um holly Holm. she fought in invicta um you know she's they're both good strikers anderson's a, a rangier fighter she's probably maybe a little better on the feet zingano though will probably have an advantage on the ground i'm gonna go with zingano here too just experience and uh i think she'll have the edge grappling um, the main event of the Fox Sports 1 preliminary portion of the card is... Uh, Banger. We've got former UFC heavyweight champion Andre the Pitbull Orlovsky, who uh, seems to have found... Uh, what's the uh, the well? Fountain of Youth. And um, his opponent's Walt Harris, who's one of those guys that always seems primed for something, you know, for a breakout, but it just hasn't happened yet. Uh, what do you think about this fight? Is it Walt Big Ticket Harris? Yes, sir, it is. Okay, so you know that one of my favorite basketball players of all time, Kevin Garnett, was mm-hmm. known as the Big Ticket. So since I heard his nickname, I've been a Walt Harris fan. Naturally. Um, Andre Arlovsky, too much experience. Uh, Walt Harris is a good fighter. I don't know if he'll ever be a top five heavyweight. Andre Arlovsky's been there, done that, I think... He just brings too much to the table for Walt Harris. Do you remember the Walt Harris uh, Fabricio fight? Yes. I think we'll see something of that only on the feet. I'm actually going to go with Harris here. My reasoning's got more to do with Arlovsky. I know I just said he's got the fountain of youth. But uh, if you look at his recent fights, he he doesn't really win fights against younger fighters. He, um, He doesn't... He was always known for his knockout power. He doesn't have a lot of those, a lot of knockouts lately. I just, I think he could, he could win this fight, but I think uh, Harris will win a decision just by being the quicker, faster guy. Um, I don't know if there'll be much to that fight, but I'd love to see Vintage Arlovsky. But anyway, on to the main card. Uh, first things first, former featherweight title challenger. Uh, Chad Mendez is fighting a surging uh, prospect, or as you call him, a contender at this point. That's uh, Alexander Volkanovsky. What uh, What do you think about that? Volkanovsky is just one of them Russians, man. They They're coming for the world. Uh, he's a tough guy. He's a, He's a bad man. I've seen that dude beat up one or two guys in the UFC. And uh, that being said, I'm going to pick Chad Mendez to win this fight. I um, I can't think of where Volkanovsky's actually from. 
specifically. Just yeah. call it Rush. That's cool. That's cool. We'll go with it. I'm not sure that that's accurate, but um, I think he's from Australia now, or New Zealand. I think he might train. No I think well, he trains. He trains with uh, Israel. That's right. He's a. Uh, we sure. need a fact check machine. He's here. about five five or five six, but he's bulky for the division. Basically, he's built a lot like Chad Mendes. He's a bad man. Yeah, th- this is an interesting fight. They- they've got similar styles. Uh, I'm gonna Mendez looked great in his first fight back from suspension. I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna go with Volkanovski here. I think he'll win a decision just because they're so similar, and he's the younger guy. Just the advantage he might have is just his youth. Uh, I've been saying youth and speed all night tonight, but uh, it is what it is. On to the next fight, you've got uh, Iller Latifi and Corey Anderson. Correct me if I'm wrong. Corey Anderson moved up to light heavyweight not that long ago. Uh, I don't. I think he's been a light heavyweight his whole at least okay. UFC career. I think he competed on the uh, uh, Ultimate Fighter as a light heavyweight. Corey Anderson's a good, uh, a really good fighter, top ten light heavyweight. For uh, sure. Ilir Latifi, man, dude, scary. I I don't know. Latifi just pressures and pressures and pressures, and Anderson. I don't want to call him a counter striker because it's not like he doesn't pressure himself. But I think in this fight, it'd be wise for him to take the counter striker approach, try to stay off the cage. If Latifi gets him on that cage and just grinds him out, it's not going to be a fun night. Yeah, you've got two guys here. Both of them are good wrestlers. I pretty much, yeah, Anderson's probably got to stay off the cage. He's definitely the longer guy. Latifi's got the power advantage. Maybe the submission submission advantage. Uh, I think I'm going to go with, uh, I, I don't know. My gut tells me Corey Anderson here. Again, I've been picking decisions all night, but I think Anderson will uh, walk away with a unanimous decision here. I think he's just a... Uh, 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 an underrated fighter that that Jimmy Mano or Jimmy Manoa lost is always going to be held against him, but uh, he's been pretty good aside from that. So uh, on to the next one and his welterweight debut, we've got uh, Michael Chiesa fighting uh, former welterweight title contender um, Carlos Condit. What do you think about this one? Chiesa, it'll be interesting to see him at welterweight. It will be. He. Uh, he seemed like a guy at lightweight that was on the brink huge. of doing something big, but he just never could get past. He was a huge lightweight. Yeah. That being said, Carlos Condit is a huge welterweight. Yeah. Well, then the problem with Chiesa has always seemed like his his strength is his submissions and his weaknesses seems to be a submission defense in a way. I guess Condit maybe won't threaten him too much there. This, I mean, Condit could, but this fight he could probably be on the feet. Condit... Hasn't looked like himself in a while, but he's still Carlos Condit. Really, this one I think will come down to just how Chiesa translates to the welterweight division. It's possible, you know. I'm not taking anything away from Chiesa here. Uh, I'm going to go Condit decision. I think I'm going to go Condit third round TKO. I I don't know. Chiesa maybe could submit him. It just depends on what Condit's got left in the tank. I just could see this fight being one where Condit just... Lays into him for several rounds and eventually gets a stoppage. But uh, basically, I'm I'm saying I have no idea for this one. You know, and, on uh, these on these uh, two title cards, really the co-main event would be the fight before the first title fight. That's that's true. Condit still deserves that spot, man. He, he's the natural born killer. He's been in some epic, epic fights in the UFC. Kiesa, 
It's going to be interesting to see him at welterweight. Looking forward to it. Definitely. On to our first title fight of the night, Chris Cyborg defending her belt against um, women's bantamweight champion Amanda Nunes. Two similar fighters here. They're uh, both large for their divisions. They're both power strikers. They both got black belts in jiu-jitsu. I believe Cyborg does. Um, Either way, they're both um, competent enough grapplers. Um, Both of them, I I don't know. It's really hard to break this fight down or or really to say who I think is going to win. What do you think about this one? I think it's an exciting women's championship fight, which is always a good thing. I think people will actually pay attention to this fight, which is a good thing. I think they're both great fighters. I think Cyborg's too big, too fast. Amanda Nunes is a, a bad woman. I don't like Amanda Nunes. Okay, <laughs> I'm just I'm just throwing that out. She's too friendly. Really? Have you seen her, like, on stage? She's, like, super nice to these girls before she beats them up. Amanda Nunes is? Yes. Wow. Am I totally off base here? No, I... I... She's she's never, like... I guess Cyborg doesn't talk shit either, but... Cyborg's definitely... uh, She had a different image back in the day. She's, uh... It's hard to dislike Cyborg She's a nice lady. Yeah. Beat your ass. She will. She will do that. Who you got? I'm I'm gonna go cyborg. I think she'll probably get the second round TKO. I don't. Uh, I just don't know that Amanda Nunes has any advantages. I mean, if, if they both hit hard. It's possible Nunes could catch cyborg, but I just, I cyborg has maybe had some issues with a gas tank in the past, but so is Nunes. So I don't think this is a fight. Granted, Nunes did hold up well against um, Raquel Pennington, but that was you know Pennington's not cyborg. I uh, I'm gonna go cyborg second round TKO here. I think I got, she'll retain her title. I got cyborg third. Knockout. No TK. Clear knockout. It's going to be a good fight. All right. On to the big one. John Jones versus Alexander Gustafson for the UFC Light Heavyweight Championship. Run it back. Who Wait. won the first one? Um, that's who, a, who does BDC think won the first one? That's a um, great question. I watched the fight a few times recently just because it's... Um, right around the corner. Come up in conversation, and and yes, it, it is right around the corner. And I, you know, at the time, I remember thinking that it was clearly three two for Gustafsson, and that um, the judges just got it wrong. And as time went on, without really rewatching the fight, just in my head, I was able to convince myself that I was probably being biased, and that uh, Jones had probably won the fight. But lately, when I've rewatched it, you know, I just I don't think. It was a robbery, you know, either way, in terms of whoever won, I think it would have been a just victory. But I will say that if I was a judge, um, I I probably would have leaned towards Gustafson. But the problem is the fourth and fifth round, Jones just came to life in such a way that it's difficult. It's difficult. Most people would not have been able to withstand the barrage, the spinning elbows. I just Does number one rank in the top ten of UFC fights ever? Uh, MMA fights ever. Definitely. I definitely. It's definitely up there. It, it was, was a fantastic fight. It was I, a great fight. I um, I would say, um, like I said, I, if I was a judge, I would have picked Gustafson, but I think Jones winning is, is fine and fair. Um, this fight, though, will be interesting for sure. If you remember the last time John Jones came back from a long hiatus, he fought Ovin St. Pro, and he did great. not look great. Um, Alex uh, murdered a dude last time he was in the octagon. Who was it? 
Glover. That's right. Oh, that was a fantastic performance. Was that his last fight? I believe so. If not, he's waxed he was supposed to fight since. Anthony Smith, but he got hurt. Uh, anyway, oh, Lionheart. He's, he's looked fantastic. Gustafson's just Gustafson. I still though, I, I just it's it's one of those things where, you know, I when Anderson Silva was beating everybody back in the day, I eventually came to this conclusion that you know if you picked against Anderson Silva, you were just like. I don't even know how to frame it, but it's kind of how I feel about picking against John Jones. To this day, never lost a fight. Jones, it's just difficult to say that you think somebody's going to be able to do what no one's even really been able to come close to to, to doing, except for Gustafsson. So that's the problem. But, uh, you know, I would say chances are, if I had to put money on it, I would say Jones sneaks away with a decision or maybe even a submission in the later rounds. It's just hard to say how he comes back. But if he... You know, if he's not on his A game and Gustafsson is, I do think Gustafsson will finally get his uh, his run with the belt. And then it'll be interesting to see what they do with Jones because he'll be... Uh, Moving up to heavyweight to fight somebody not named Daniel Cormier. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> that'll be interesting. Steve A. John Jones will be a good fight. Um, if he does not win this one, if he wins this one, what's left for John Jones at 205? Uh, uh, Anthony Smith. I mean, that's a fun fight. Fair, I guess. fair. Um, Anthony Smith is some fresh young blood in that division, which they desperately need. It's always possible they could lure I Rumble think, Johnson back for oh, a John man. Jones fight. That'd be great. Granted, um, if you've seen pictures of Rumble lately, it looks like he's fighting. He'd have super. to cut some super weight. Yeah, he's cutting a super or fighting a super heavyweight. Um, right. I'm gonna go Jones. Yeah. Fourth round. TKO. Well. He's John Jones. Yeah, I mean, that's that. And, and until somebody beats him, I think he'll continue to... If know. somebody's going to beat him, it's going to be in two weeks, in, in 12 days. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, last thing we want to do here is going to recommend a fight of the week. It's uh, just a, a fight that I recommend all of you go watch. Uh, this week, it's um, Andre Arlovsky and... Uh, Travis Brown, and of course, now that I'm recommending, I can't remember what card it was on, but um, throw that into Google and you'll be able to find it. Anyway, it's on UFC Fight Pass, and it was a fantastic fight. It's a one-round fight. Uh, We've watched that fight? A lot of times. A it's, lot of um, times. Which is why I'm embarrassed that I cannot remember the card that it was on, but uh, these things happen. That's the definition of a banger. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, next thing we're going to do, we're going to talk about some of the things going on at MMA Torch. Um, you can look on that site and find um, another podcast by David McGrath. He does it, it's basically daily, um, or close to it, and he pretty much just goes over uh, daily news. It's um, good stuff there. We've also got uh, daily or you know, weekly roundtables up just discussing certain things, such as uh, who the most important fighter is in UFC history. Um, whether or not Max Holloway is the greatest fighter in UFC history. Um, and then I have articles on there, usually fights to make, and then um, I do coverage for a lot of the fights uh, on the weekends. Uh, so, yeah, you can go to MMATorch.com and find all sorts of stuff uh, that, of course, is MMA-related. And um, that's pretty much that. Patrick, anything you want to say before we uh, sign off here? It's been a great weekend for me. Uh, just personally, I'd like to thank my fans and God. That's all I got. All right.